Welcome to The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pam, and I'll be joining you every week alongside my girls, Denise and Cousin Dan. Every episode, we'll be having real conversations, including the good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. Although we are three women in different stages of our lives, one single, one married, and one divorced, we can still share our experiences together with love, faith, and a glass of wine in hand, of course. We know you're going to enjoy listening in and riding along this journey we call life with us together. Listen in as we talk, as we get real, and as we get raw. Here we are. Sheer Therapy. Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Hot Seat, a Sheer Therapy podcast. And today we are going to talk about some stuff that I'm sure that many of you have been in toxic relationships. Uh, So, you know, we've all been there, done that. And we're going to talk about the relationships, you know, um, if there were any red flags, did we know what the circumstances were, how we got out of them, things we did to cope in them. So I'm going to let the girls take it away. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Denise, do you want to? Who wants to? so where do we start? Like signs, signs that I noticed that I was in a toxic relationship. Um, I think, you know what, like, yeah, when you're looking back now, it's like, you think to yourself, oh my gosh, that was, that was so obvious. Why didn't I, like, why didn't I take that into consideration? And, but this one is going to be so extreme that even a blind person, no offense to those that are blind, but even a blind person could have sat down and said, seriously, Denise, like, I think it was one time and there was an ex and he lost his temper and he literally took, what do you call those things? What do you call those things that hold rods like curtains, curtain rods? Mm -hmm. And he broke it in half. He literally broke it in half. What? Yeah. And that right there alone should have been like, yeah, this individual has a little bit of a bunch of issues controlling a temper. Mm -hmm. But at those times and when you're younger, you kind of you talk yourself through it because you always feel like you're the individual. You're the trusty individual that's been assigned to that person to make them better. Yeah. And that your presence is going to make them better. So that was one of the obvious signs. And then it kind of like trickled through into the relationship. And did you notice that it got worse as it went on? Yeah, it got it got worse as I and you know what? I can only relate it to my marriage. Yeah, it did get worse as it went on because, you know, my then husband who was the guy I was dating, he had little short fuses. And one thing about him is Like, I guess he's the type of person will he will hold it in and hold it in. And until it's like it just all blows out in one shot. Yeah. So seeing that I should have I should have known to run for the hills. But again, you feel like, you know, you're that person who's going to like 
calm the situation and calm the storm. But then it started turning out into after we got married, it started to become like literally you're walking on eggshells. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to kind of say the wrong thing, trigger the person in the wrong way, because then it just turns into this uncontrollable situation. And then when you're done and you look up, a quarter of your house is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And you got to right. just take the broomstick and sweep it all back up and then just keep on going. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I, I even myself, I noticed that I have been um, in many toxic relationships. And you know what? The funny thing is most people, when they want to talk about abusive relationships and I don't know, I noticed that when you bring up the word abusive, some men it's like, well, I didn't like beat you senseless. You don't have a black eye, but people don't equate um, abuse with like emotional, uh, mental abuse, manipulation, like that's all abuse and that's all toxic. But a lot of people just think, yeah, well, he wasn't punching you out. He didn't strangle you. What's the problem? But yeah, I've been in so many. I, I noticed that I attract very jealous type men um prior to prior to my marriage um i attract very jealous men where it's like a control thing if i go out who you with what friend are you with where are you going um there's a lot of um manipulation there is a lot of um god control there was physical uh emotional like i need you i can't be without you so then it makes you almost have this guilt. Like if, if you even think that you should leave, you, you can't go. And a lot of it was toxic. A lot of it was just like, but at the same time, it's like those toxic relationships brought you to where you were, because at the same point, like if you didn't recognize that, then you wouldn't be able to move forward past it. Sorry. You know, I think Sandy's trying to comment here. But I thought that was uh, my dog. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, though, it's like I get it where, you know, your past kind of brings you to your present and who you are. But for us women, why does it always take so long after the house (laughs) and the foundation has been completely trust me? (laughs) That's when you wake up and you realize, oh, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't have really pursued that. Now it's time to go back into the recovery phase and get some new wood and rebuild the house and refoot the foundation. Well, like I think I think the many, I can't speak for all women, but for a majority of the women that I know, and again, being a hairstylist and salon owner and having women come in all the time and talk during their appointments, we're fixers. So if somebody comes and especially for myself, and I think Daniela can speak for you too, when you have like this thing in you where you try to see the good in all people, it's like, yeah, well, you know, the left wall is on fire, but it's okay. We have a right wall and we have the other one above us, right? Let's just put that fire out. Oh no, now the floor is sinking in. Okay, well, if we just get a floorboard, we can all sit in the floorboard in the corner, hold the fire extinguisher to the wall, and then we're going to be okay, right? But like, no, bitch, get out the house. The, the house is going to burn and sink and you're going to flood. <laughs> I think some people are scared. They're scared to be alone. It's like, I'd rather have... No, I'm not saying I'd rather have, but I've heard people, especially in the field I work in now, it's like, well, I'd rather have someone there 
than be alone. Mm -hmm. So it's like they try to patch up the person they're with, even if it's just to kind of maintain and like get through the relationship because it's like, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to sit and name names here, but there's stories and there's people. So I'm going to bring up and you know what? Every toxic relationship, obviously there was something good in the beginning, but everyone led to something else. So I'm going to talk about the relationship with the manager, the music manager. And I remember there was a time that I found a text in the phone that clearly indicated you went to go see another person in my car and had a date. Fair and square. There is nothing else to it. So I confirmed that by taking the phone back and checking. And this right here is already toxic because if you're going back and forth about this, like you don't need that energy in your body. But I went in the phone and I text the girl from his phone and said like, hey, oh my God, I had so much fun with you today. When are we going to do this again? And she was like, yeah. So I, I said, look, like what else can you say? Clearly you were with somebody. This guy took the phone from my hand, broke it in half, my phone, broke it in half who breaks an electronic device in half then took my car keys and left with my car like literally threw the blame on me took my car and broke my phone in half well the abusive ones are usually the ballsy ones yeah and they will hit you and then take off with your car and your wallet (laughs) And then yeah. tell you, and then like and then leave you standing there and then gaslight your ass and tell you no 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 no. Yeah. But if it wasn't for you provoking me, if it wasn't for you going in my phone, I wouldn't have ever had to reach this point in the first place. Exactly. Maybe exactly. You need to your insecurities first. That's what they'll tell you. Yeah, and it's like, but again, when you look at that, right? It was like, okay, my eyes started to open a little bit. Just started, and there were many episodes after that. But I went on this trip for my cousin's wedding. Uh, overseas. And all of my friends, I had friends who literally wouldn't invite me places anymore because like they just didn't want to see him. So then I finally take this trip and all of my friends are just dying for me to meet somebody on this trip just to get away. And that's like when you say, what did it take for you to get out? It took the attention of somebody else who was kind and spoke to me like a nice human for me to open my eyes. And I remember on that trip, sending an email after I went to check my online banking and saw a charge where he went to eat dinner, treating other people to dinner on my bank account. And I just sent an, yeah, I just sent an email and said, Oh my God, sorry, but we're done. Like we're just done. And it literally took me meeting somebody to just speak to me. Like the person that I I'm, I should be spoken. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, speak to me how I should be spoken to. Don't be breaking my phone and don't be taking girls on dates in my car with my bank card. And then you get the attention of somebody else who makes you feel good. And, you know, guys, going on vacation overseas sometimes to specifically Jamaica in, in it will really boost your confidence. If you're having any self-esteem issues, www.jamaica.com. You are going to be the most confident individual oh, in your life. But it took in me addition, that. In addition to taking my money, can you can you please reimburse me for the charges for the meals? Right. <laughs> but like after that, I was just completely done. And I think that's I think that's one thing with women where it's our strength. But at the same time, it takes us too long to get there. Is that when you're done, you're done. 
Like you cannot, like you can't get me back. Like when somebody's really crossed that line, but sometimes we have too many lines that we let them cross. But then the too many lines is due to, again, the lack of boundaries. Yeah. Because I think, uh, and you guys, you guys saw my relationship and then my marriage. It was like, it was way too overly extended. Like that shit should have uh, yeah. cut. Yeah, that shit should have cut from like like 1982 first, before yeah. you were born. The marriage should have been done. It should have been done. But why? Who I was back then versus who I am right now. I didn't know what boundaries meant. I didn't even know what it meant when people would use those cliche quotes, self-love. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to really dig deep and find out what does that even mean? What is a, what is a boundary? What does mm-hmm. that mean? What does drawing the line in the sand mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes you literally like this is figuratively, whatever you guys call it, but it literally takes you a black eye or a punch in the face, a rude awakening to finally wake up and be like, whoa, hold on a second. I need boundaries. Yeah. I knew I was in an abusive relationship when my partner was physically abusing his friend's girlfriends. So, <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? So, what? Um, <laughs> so you hit rock bottom. When um, your your man um, cuffs his best friend's girl every time he doesn't like something that she said, that that's a red flag, ladies. I would. <laughs> Sorry, definitely. I don't even remember this story. Like, you're gonna um, tell me after this. And he'll remain nameless, but um, Pam and Denise, you're familiar with him. Yeah. Oh, he, I think I know now. <laughs> yeah. Um, from our previous episode when we talked about loss, he was like the relationship that preceded the passing of Wayne. And so um, the basement chronicles, he was the next guy that I (laughs) hopped into a relationship with. And like, I was so broken and so given up on life that um, I was sleepwalking through that relationship. So like, if he'd like punch me or pinch me or like throw a bottle at me or something, like I wouldn't even feel it. Cause I'd just be like, yeah, a zombie. So I think like, being really broken kind of attracts you to people who are broken. Yeah. And then you're both just a hot mess together. And then you're so deep in the cycle. It's like, you feel like you can't get out, but like Pam was saying, and I'm not dumbing down women who actually like domestic violence. Like it's not easy to walk away, but there are some abusive relationships where you think that you can't walk away, but then once you walk away, you're like, shit, man, I should have done that sooner. Yeah. Because like the minute you're done, you're done. Like I had this buildup to leaving him for like two years and I made it such a buildup. And then the day that my body and my mind physically couldn't be with him for one more day, it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, he did residually keep around for another year before I got rid of him. He would call my <sighs> family private and my friends and, and friend show up at your front door. On yeah, the lawn he in the driveway and punched my boss in her face when I would he went work hold at on, Woodbine he, Mall. Me? What did yeah. he do? <laughs> he punched your bo- and it's if not you're even listening and you've been punched by Danielle's boyfriend. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, and like I just um it's very scary and so for some women you fear for your life. But what's the alternative? Because he's either going to terrorize you if you're not with him and terrorize you if you are. So gather the resources that you can. Yeah. And, and do you, you have a support system and, yeah. and I would leave if the alternative is staying and, and being hurt. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's not easy. So I don't even want to tell women. Just that's, a definite, that's a definite, that's a definite leave. But sometimes 
you know what you have to. And I'm not saying like when you're in it, it's hard when you're in it, it's hard. And you know what? Sometimes I say the physical is easier because the mental and emotional, they actually make you feel like you're the problem. But do you remember our friend, uh, Danielle? And I know Denise, you know her too, who was with an abusive man who was abusive. The red flag was she was 15, 20 years younger than him Mm, in high school. But the red flag was there. But there was a night and he called me she was screaming in the background every night I would get up go save her bring her back home get up save her bring her back home and one night he called and he literally said to me at 3 a.m come and get your friend I'm gonna kill her tonight and I said very confidently on speaker to both of them you can kill her because I'm tired (laughs) and I went back to bed because at the same time when you're in something for so long and you you can't get out your support system is tired for you So another episode we'll talk about Denise. One time we didn't talk for a year or two because your support system can't hear you keep complaining, crying on their shoulder about the same thing, but jumping right back into the pit. So that's why I had to say then kill her because maybe when you kill her, she'll understand because I I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep leaving my house. I'm 18, 19 years old, leaving my house to go wipe up your blood when you keep going back to get beat. You know what I'm but saying? So we're, we're looking at toxic relationships versus like spouses, yep. partners. But then if you you just notice, you've kind of extended that branch into mm-hmm. toxic friendships in terms of your friendships. Yeah. You know, like when a lot of people look at things and they say to themselves, you know what, I'm going to stick with this friend because of the years that we have together. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you like I tell I tell my daughter this right now, like who you hang around with is going to be a a reflection of who you are and Mm -hmm. whatever habits they have, it's going to rub off on you. Like I've had to draw diagrams for her because of the lessons I've learned. So I've taught her like, you better pick your friends like carefully because they are probably whatever habits they have, whether nasty habits or anything, they're going to rub off on you kids. So you better, you better watch out. And it's the same thing. It can be toxic friendships, toxic relationships. You can even have toxic relationships with your parents, Yep, with your parents. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's literally mess you up. It's literally all about the boundaries. Cause again, if you hang with a friend or even have a conversation or a text message or a phone call with a friend and you get off that phone or you leave that text and you feel drained or you feel bad about yourself, that that's just not a place you should be. Like your friendships should make you crave for more, build you up. Like you should feel energized when you leave. Like you're making time out of your day to carve, to hang with a person, talk with a person, text with a person there's no reason you shouldn't feel uplifted after that moment. So if it's a friend, they got to go. Yeah, yeah and, I don't think. Long- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, it doesn't have to end in a talk like a ah, don't talk to me if I see you on the street. Mm. But like just boundaries. You know what? This friend is only meant for if I have a five minute car ride, I'll call or I'll say hello, check in. But I ain't coming to sit, hang out, have wine. No, like you're just you're not adding any value to my life and it can't be a one-way street. Yeah. I don't think um, longevity 
entitles you to obligation in a friendship. Like people mm-hmm. who have been married for 30, 40 years pick up and divorce after because they're like, you're just toxic for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's same for friendship. Like the amount of time length you've been friends with someone shouldn't equal putting up with stuff that doesn't feel good to you. Yeah. And I think building boundaries is like building a muscle. Like you have to just keep doing it, even in little parts of your life. It's almost like practice, like say mm-hmm. no to this, walk away from that. If you don't like that, stop doing it. And then you're just slowly like building that muscle to when mm-hmm. right away, when something doesn't feel good, you, we can either confront it in the moment and hope that it gets fixed, or you can just decide not to have that in your life. Yeah. yeah. And I've always been the one to say two things that I always say, and I think I've said this to you before, Pam, your friendships have to have, they have to come in categories. You categorize your friendships. Not everybody, not everybody gets to, to walk on the same, on the same level and the right. same plate. It's like love. People go into relationships and they think, oh, you know, they throw the love word around. I love you. I love you. I love you back and forth. But it's like, what have you done to earn the love? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what have you done to earn it? What have you done to earn the friendship? And I don't think, I don't mean earning through monetary, monetary means. You know, you don't have to right. give me a gift or give me anything. Or if I ask you for a favor, like you got to jump and go. No, like how, how have you, how have you contributed to my life in terms of positivity? What can I learn from you? Are we growing together as people? Yeah. Are we, you know, are we learning from each other? You know what I mean? Are you, are you the smartest person in your group? Like these are yeah. things that you question in terms of like, you know, aligning yourself with the right people in order to remove that toxicity. Is that a word? Toxicity? Toxicity. Yep. Toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. I, you know what? I always want to pronounce that word. It's like, I'm trying to be a Danielle, you know, I just don't read, but <laughs> I'm trying toxicity. to shit. I'm trying to get those long, those nice words out. Cause, but I just can't, I can't. Obligatory. But um, a good resource before we wrap this up, there was a book club, which we're going to have a book club soon. There was a book club we did with Holly Furtick. She is Stephen Furtick's wife at Elevation Church, and it was called Building Friendships That Fit. I believe she actually wrote the book. And it's very cute. And it's a study basically taking an inventory of your friendships. And I I think this can apply to any sort of relationship, but it's basically categorizing the different levels of friendship. And there was like your acquaintance friends, your mom friends, your work friends, your ride or die friends, your close friends, and how sometimes you have people in categories that are too high up. And then some you have in levels that you know, you're giving all your time to this long-term friendship, but really you could be nurturing the friend that's the acquaintance because that acquaintance is your ride or die. You just haven't seen it yet. So it's a really good book. It really helps you take an inventory so that you can see like what's not serving you. And I don't mean this in like a, you need to give me, but if it's not serving you in your soul and if it doesn't align with your like morals and values, then it just needs to go down a level because you are the like, what is it that the net worth of your network? So like if you're hanging around with people who are sitting on the couch all day and they know they're just not motivated to do anything, well, you're going to start to feel not motivated. And if you're fine with that for your life, then fine. But if you want more and you start to question, why am I stuck on the couch? Take an inventory of the people that you spend your time with. And I think, yeah, that's, I totally 100% agree with that. I couldn't say it any better, but it's like, 
if corporations and companies can cut corners and cut costs and look at the value of their human resources and source and see what they need and what they keep and what they want to get rid of. Yeah. yeah like then why can't you do that for yourself? It's kind of telling yourself, are you of any value? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. So again, that was just our little spiel on, you know, toxic relationships, toxic friendships. But again, I'm sure you'll hear more of this and Everything that we talk about always intertwines, but we are so happy to have spent another episode with you guys hanging, girl talk, just, you know, getting real, talking about stuff that everybody talks about, but sometimes you just need to hear it from a fresh ear. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and um, we look forward to chatting with you guys again next week. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself and can't wait to be with you again next week. If you've taken anything away from this today, it's to live, love, forgive, have faith, and always have a glass of wine and your girls. We can't wait to be with you all again next week. See you soon.